If you will, turn with me in your copy of God's Word to the Gospel of Luke in chapter 2, and I'll be reading verses 10 and 11. Here we have again the account that we look at this morning from the birth of Christ and afterwards the angels appearing and to the shepherds above the fields as they were tending and watching their sheep. And if you're physically able this morning, I would invite you to stand with me in honor and reverence of the reading of God's holy word today. Luke 2 and verse 10 says, And the angels said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. May God bless the reading of His Word today. You may be seated. The city of David, where King David called home Bethlehem, and where now from the lineage of David, which is a fulfillment of prophecy, the King, Jesus Christ, is too born in Bethlehem. Beloved, as that first Christmas was a time for the shepherds to go to Bethlehem and see the Savior born of Mary, and so Christmas today is still a time for us to go back to Bethlehem and reflect and worship the Christ that came for us, came to us. Let's do that today. Father, again, I come to you as humbly as I know how, needing your grace for this morning's message. We desperately need to hear from you, Lord. And so, mighty God, if you would, speak to us in a very real and fresh way, even in some old scripture that many of us have heard many times. Help us to capture the joy of Bethlehem, to experience the joy of Jesus, born in Bethlehem. In Jesus' name we ask these things. Amen. Just a few moments ago, we sang a very familiar Christmas song, one that probably, if you're like me, stirs up a lot of memories, maybe even from childhood, of, O come, all ye faithful. I remember well those Living Good Christmas get-togethers in northern Kentucky when I was a boy, and we would spend time uh, reading the Christmas story and then as a family singing these wonderful old sacred Christmas hymns. This was certainly one of those hymns. O come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Come ye, O come ye, to Bethlehem. We are encouraged in the song to go back to Bethlehem, to come to Bethlehem. Even just a couple of weeks ago in our children's drama and musical, it was a wonderful time, wasn't it? And the kids sang a beautiful song that I'd never heard before, Back to Bethlehem. I thought it was the most beautiful song of the children's program 
And by the way, you can go on Facebook and watch that whole video of not only the kids' presentation, but our adult cantata and drama there on Facebook. And I'd encourage you to do that. But they sang that song, Back to Bethlehem, and it, it again just grasped my heart as they sang it. And that thought today, coming back to Bethlehem, how do we go back to Bethlehem? Well, first we must remember that Bethlehem was just a simple, ordinary little town. And that's what makes the power of it so beautiful. But because Jesus Christ was born there, that simple, ordinary town became extraordinary on that blessed day. I want to encourage you this morning, you might think that my life is ordinary, that I don't have much to offer or to give to people. Uh, I have failed in life myself in many ways, and we go on with the excuses. But I want to tell you what Christ touches, He causes the ordinary to become extraordinary. And He uses mostly ordinary places and people to do His greatest work. I think of even at this point of Billy Graham, of how God used a simple son of a farmer, grown up on a farm in North Carolina, to preach the gospel to more people than anyone ever has in history. Invited into places like Russia and China, communist countries, they welcomed him to share the gospel. All because an ordinary, simple, plain old country boy that helped milk the cows said, I'd give my life to Jesus Christ. And so it is with us that when God touches us and we see the glory of Bethlehem because of Jesus Christ, He takes our ordinary lives, our simple lives, even our issues, and when He touches us, He makes us new. He makes us extraordinary. He makes our lives beautiful, a beautiful and living sacrifice unto Him. But I also want you to know that uh, you could travel today and visit Bethlehem and miss the very reason that we know and sing of Bethlehem as we also sing that song today, O Little Town of Bethlehem. You could travel to the place and visit and still miss the point and the purpose of Bethlehem. You see, it's the person that was born there that makes the place special. That's just like our lives. That's why Bethlehem is precious and dear to us, and especially at this time of year that we sing songs like, O Little Town of Bethlehem. That's why they're dear to us, because Jesus Christ was born there. And who was born in Bethlehem? We know that answer. Jesus Christ. But do we really know that answer? There are many misunderstandings and misconceptions, wrong beliefs about who was born in Bethlehem. You see, we cannot deny the existence of a man named Jesus Christ. You can read quotes through the centuries of known and staunch atheists that still admit they cannot deny the life 
of a man named Jesus that walked upon this earth. And so there are many misconceptions and misunderstandings, and now even in Christian circles of who this person was, who was this babe born in Bethlehem. To share for just a few moments, I'd like to tell you also who he wasn't and use examples of what many people believe, even some of those which claim to be Christians believe about Jesus Christ and then what we are not to believe because of what the Bible tells us. First, we must not think that Jesus was created in Bethlehem, but that He always existed. John 1 tells us in the beginning, the beginning of what we call time was the Word. And he's speaking of Jesus Christ. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. And we're also told that there was nothing that was created apart from the Word, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was not created there in Bethlehem, but He pre-existed. Also, we are not to believe that Jesus was two separate beings or persons, part-time God and part-time man. This is taught in some so-called Christian churches, and I've heard it. That Jesus was a normal man, but at times God would visit Him, so to speak, and pour out His being upon Him that He might do miraculous things. And that is false according to biblical teaching. He was not part-time God and part-time man. He was one person, but He was God in the flesh. He was the God-man. From His conception of the Holy Spirit to His birth throughout His life and still in heaven today, He is the God-man even in flesh in the glories of heaven today. He was not just or only human. Again, as some people teach that uh, he was a great man, a good man. And at times God visited him and used him to do extraordinary things. But the Scriptures again refute that belief that the Scriptures teach us that it pleased the Father for the fullness of God to dwell in him. He was not just only human. He was human, but He was also God. Another thing that we hear from other religions is is that Jesus Christ was just another prophet. But He was not just another prophet. He was the Savior, Christ the Lord. He is the prophet that was prophesied about even by Moses. He is the priest that was prophesied about in the Old Testament. And he is the king that was prophesied of in the Old Testament. These are his offices. He is the prophet, the priest, the king. But he was not just another prophet. He was the only human being to speak full the truth of God to this world. He is the Savior, Christ the Lord. He was not just a good or great man to give us an example for how to live our life. And that's how many people look at Jesus. I want to tell you, a good or great man would not claim to be the Messiah. In our lifetime alone, many of us, we remember Jim Jones who claimed to be the Messiah. He was a madman, wicked, evil, right? 
We remember David Koresh who echoed some of those same words at Waco, Texas. A good or great man doesn't claim to be the Messiah and tell people that I am the light of the world and no one comes to the Father except through me. He was not just a good man. He was not just a great man. And if he preached messages like most preachers today in their pulpits, he wouldn't have been crucified. He preached a hard message of come, follow me. He preached the kingdom and he preached of a place called hell and he preached of judgment to come and glories to be shared by those that would put their faith and trust in him. He was not just a good man for an example, but he alone gives life and eternal life unto us. He was not just a son of God, as some say that he is. He was one of the sons of God that have visited earth. But the Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son into the world. He is the only son of God sent from the Father above. He was not just another God, as some have said. He was one of the gods that has visited earth. But He is the one true living God incarnate who came in the flesh. He is, as the Scriptures teach us, Emmanuel, the living, creating God in flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. See in yonder manger low, born for us on earth below. See the gentle Lamb appears Promise from eternal years. Lo, within a stable lies He who built the starry skies. He who throned in heights sublime sits amid the cherubim. Sacred infant, all divine, what a tender love was thine. Thus to come from highest bliss down to such a world of sin as this. Hail, O ever blessed morn. Hail, redemption's happy dawn. Sing through all Jerusalem, Christ is born in Bethlehem. That is who was born in Bethlehem. And what did this one born in Bethlehem come to do? What was his purpose? What did he come to accomplish? Why did he leave heaven and put on flesh and walk among us? One, we see that he came to reveal truth. In John chapter 18 and verse 37, Jesus told uh, Pilate when he was in his mock trial before his crucifixion, Jesus said, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Truth is not relative like much of the world wants us to believe. People will say, well, that's your truth, but that's not my truth. But Jesus declares to Pilate, I came to reveal truth. He came to reveal the truth of God and He came to reveal the God of truth. And Jesus Christ did that. He also came to shine light in the darkness. In John 1, 4-5 it says, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Meaning, the darkness could not overpower the light. The world was in darkness and Jesus pierced through with the true light for all men and still that light shines today and is going forth. 
Thirdly, we not only did He come to reveal truth and come to reveal the true light and the darkness, but He came to save His people from their sins. In Matthew 1 and 21, as Gabriel comes to Joseph, and he is sharing with him of God's plan and not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, and he speaks of Jesus Christ, and she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, Yeshua, which means God Jehovah saves. For he shall save his people from their sins. He came to reveal truth. He came to shine light. He came to save you and I from our sinful state and nature. He also came to ultimately restore and make new all of His creation. Jesus Christ revealed to the apostle, Behold, I make all things new. And even in the Old Testament prophecies, we read in Isaiah 66 and 22, He says, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me. God is going to make all things new in creation. We even get a glimpse of that in the chapter before that in Isaiah 65 and 25 where he tells us about how the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains, saith the Lord. He came to reveal truth and the God of truth. He came as the true light to shine into the darkness of this world. He came to save His people from their sins. All those that would trust in the name and the person and the work of Jesus Christ for their salvation. And He came to restore all of His creation one day when all has been fulfilled. You see, the world now is cursed. Amen? And the world now is in darkness. And the world is fading away. But Jesus came to save those that put their faith in Him and also to restore all creation that is under the curse. Man cannot do it. You and I cannot restore the earth. We can only make it worse. And so God came in the flesh to save His creation. His people. The coming of Christ reveals this, and listen to me very closely. The coming of Christ in Bethlehem reveals this. We are not well. We are sick. We are diseased. We are cursed with sin. And the wages of sin is death. It also reveals that we're not right. I know that's going to be hard for some of you maybe to swallow you're not right near as much as you think you are. And I'm not either. But more so, we're not right with God. The world is not in harmony with God as some would lead you to believe. Jesus coming in Bethlehem shows us we're not well and we're not right. It also teaches us something that really deep down we know that man is trying every other way to become whole but we're not whole. There is something missing within mankind. And it's a relationship with their Creator. It also shows us that all the world, all creation needs salvation, and that can only come through its Creator and Lord. 
It means this, beloved, that whatever you think your greatest need is today, maybe you think if I didn't have to worry about money or health or family or if I had this degree or that degree, if I was in this career, if I had this job, if I had this wife or this husband, whatever you think is your greatest need, our greatest need, Bethlehem shows us, is a Savior, Jesus Christ. That's our greatest need each day of our life. And the older I get, the more I realize that every day I need Jesus more than I did the day before. Who is Bethlehem for? All of us. Every one of us here today, Bethlehem is for you. It's for me. Yes, as we sang, O come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant, it is for the saved, it is for the faithful, the joyful, the triumphant, to come back, to rejoice in, to draw strength from, and to worship. But Bethlehem's just not for those. It's just not for the faithful. It's not just not for the joyful. It's just not for the triumphant. See, it's for the weary. And that might be you today. It's been me. It is for the weary, the troubled. That's been me. It's for the broken. Those who realize I can't fix this situation. It's for the burdened. It's for the messed up. It's for the ones who don't have it all together. It's for the sinner. It's for the unclean. It's for the addicted. It's for the disturbed. As I said before, I have sung in church with family and even by myself at times that beautiful hymn that we sing today, O Come, All Ye Faithful, Joyful, and Triumphant. You know, sometimes with those beautiful hymns, and they're beautiful and they're gorgeous, but they become uh, so familiar to us that at times we can forget the real message and the words that we're saying. Singing. We had that at the hospital a week and a half ago, around about. They were working to get him calmed down. And Sherry got on her phone and started playing that song, Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. I'd like to say that the music calmed Dad down, but it didn't. But I thought even more about that night and I have sense that I don't always feel faithful and I sure didn't feel joyful and I sure didn't feel triumphant Miss Nora and so the truth is we can also sing today O come ye of little faith joyless and defeated O come ye O come ye to Bethlehem. It's for us too. Whether you're faithful or faithless, joyful or joyless, triumphant or defeated, we all must come to the same Bethlehem. And we all must see the same Savior lying there in the manger. To the same Savior for help, the same Savior for hope in this world and in these bodies which both the world and our bodies are fading away. It's to the same Bethlehem we all come.
that we all must go. It's to the same Savior that we must come with empty hands, pleading for His grace and mercy, for His salvation, for His help, for His hope. Bethlehem's for all of us. So what do we do? We come, we just come to Bethlehem. And we come as those unclean shepherds did when they were in the fields watching their flocks by night with, when the angelic host proclaimed to them the good news that in Bethlehem, the city of David, the Savior had been born and He was lying in a manger wrapped in strips of cloth. And so you and I must echo the same words that the shepherds did that night when the angelic army left and they said, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. Come. Just come to Bethlehem. See the Savior. We all need Him. We all need His touch. We all need His healing. We all need His salvation. We all need His strength. Maybe you're here today and you've just never come. You know the words to the song, but you don't know the Savior in which it speaks of. Would you come by grace and through faith today? The Savior is waiting for you. Would you call out to Him to save you as He came to do? Maybe you're a child of God beaten down, disturbed. Your life's distorted, full of fear and anxiety, messed up. That's okay. That's okay. It's for you too. And you can come today whether you're a Christian or not and still come today. See, we all need to come back to the same Bethlehem where the same Savior is and call out to Him for help. For help and strength. And the glorious truth is this. The Savior is waiting for you. He's waiting for me to come to Him in faith and in prayer. Because this is what He came to do. And He's still revealing truth today. He's still shining His light in your darkness today. He's still saving men and women who call out to Him as the Savior. And He's going to make all things new one day, beloved. And the Savior wants you to be a part of that. So come. Just come. Come and see this thing that the Lord has made known to you today. I don't remember who exactly said it. It's probably been said from a few. And I would echo it. Never had a person that truly gave their heart and life to Jesus Christ and trusted Him. Years later say, boy, I regret doing that. Never had a person say that. I have had people say in regret, I wish I hadn't waited so long. And beloved, there's people in hell now sure saying, I wish I'd have come to Bethlehem. I wish 
I would have looked at the Savior born there and trusted Him. May that not be the case with any in this room today when the Savior is waiting for you. Father, be near us now. And Lord, apply the healing salve of heaven upon the hearts of each person here today. Maybe some come faithful today and others come faithless. Maybe some come joyful, others joyless. Some come triumphant, some come defeated. But let us all come and worship you and give our lives to you and trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.